This great rivalry, the regular season series, is done by Christmas. There was a real breakneck pace that was set early, and it, it was just fun hockey. And you take that away from him? For what? To send what message and to whom? And that extends the Rangers' losing streak to four. Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And welcome to Island Ice, episode 144, as I am joined by my good friend, Colin Stevenson. Colin, thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me. It's, it's, it's nice to be here, what is this, like two weeks in a row, and then I don't come back to the playoffs, so, you know, let's make the most of it this time. <laughs> and what Colin is talking about, we are sitting at UBS Arena after the Islanders <laughs> defeated the Rangers... Three to nothing on Wednesday night, and that extends the Rangers' losing streak to four at 0-2 and two, and snaps the Islanders' losing streak at three. And we will talk about that. We'll talk about what we saw in this game. We'll talk about what we've seen and what we expect to see. We'll talk about Josh Bailey's 1,000th game coming up, and uh, we will do all of that. And uh, hi, I'm your host, Andrew Gross of Newsday, and you can find me on Twitter at agrossnewsday. You can find Colin at Colin S. Newsday. You can find all of our stuff at newsday.com backslash sports and don't forget about Newsday TV. So, Colin, this was the one and only <laughs> Rangers-Islanders game at UBS Arena this season. It's one of those seasons where the Rangers and Islanders only play three times. It's a crazy scheduling matrix. It's not anyone scheduling it. It's what the computer shoots out. This is just the year the Islanders and Rangers only play three games thoughts on that because i certainly have some of my own <laughs> <laughs> well uh it's not ideal you know as i i, I kind of alluded to it when when you introduced me before like it feels like i was just here right we were here in the last game of the preseason which was what maybe three weeks ago uh and now we're you know i'm back because the rangers were here tonight and then not again until you know hopefully the playoffs Hope, hopefully right you yeah know? i mean how cool would that be that'd be that'd be some some stuff so let's make that happen Right, and the, and the Islanders and Rangers play two more times at Madison Square Garden once in November. I think that's coming up November yeah, 8th. Yeah, it's coming up soon. And then December 22nd. So this, yeah. this great rivalry, the regular season series, is done by Christmas. Done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, look, I, I, we, we can get up on our soapbox and, and talk about that. I mean, I certainly tweeted up a storm about it. I, I've, I've mentioned many times, I just hate this NHL schedule. I, I, I don't see the need to play home-and-home -home, uh, interconference games. I think maybe you and I differ on that a little we bit. We differ on that. I, I, I do like um, playing the Western Conference teams home and away, you know, where I would differ with you. And, and I agree with you that the Islanders and Rangers should certainly play more than three times the season. I would take that away from some non-traditional. I would have protected traditional rivalries. I would say Rangers Islanders, Rangers Devils, you know, Montreal Toronto, you know, Buffalo Toronto. Those kinds of you know, natural rivalries should be protected. Philadelphia and and Pittsburgh apparently are only playing three times this year. Yeah. Um so that's that's not right either. So I would have protected rivalries so that you have you know, those those rivalries taken care of 
and and if I have to miss a game, you know, in Washington or in Carolina or something, I'm okay with that. Right, and and, and you saw it today. Look, the 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 Islanders' first four home games, y- you had the Panthers. Uh, that was a three-one loss. That's the opening night. Right. So, so there's a certain energy right. with the opening night, but then you had you know the two Cal- two of the California teams in the Ducks and the Sharks, and, and no one cares. No one cares. <laughs> and, and you and, and there was no energy in the building. Yeah. And then the Devils came in, and that should have been a game, uh, uh, you know, somewhat of a, a rivalry game. Although, you know, the Islanders Devils is not. Yeah, it's not Islanders off. Rangers, no, right? No, it's never taken off. But that was the Islanders' worst game of the season by far. So the energy in this building for this game was off the charts compared to their yeah. first four uh, home games, and you saw it translate to the play right from the opening uh, faceoff. Both teams, even though the Rangers just played less than 24 hours right. ago, they had a 3-2 shootout loss <laughs> to the the Avalanche at Madison Square Garden, and that was an 8 p.m. face-off. Uh, tonight was a 7.30 uh, p.m. face-off. So the Rangers are playing twice in 23 and a half hours, but they had a, a strong energy. Yeah. and There was a real breakneck pace that was set early, and it, it was just fun hockey. It, it, you know, it was the first game this season where I was like, just the enjoyment of watching hockey w- w- was at a level that it just hasn't been for, for some of these other games. Yeah, well, you know, the, the Rangers, I think, have had a, a little bit better go of it than the Islanders have. I mean, they had opening night, as you say, was a, was a, was a real, you know, energetic thing, and they played probably their best game. Um, and then the last two games, uh, tonight against the Islanders and last night against the Colorado Avalanche. But, but you know, you're right. I mean, these are, these are early season games, and, and that's one of the things that I know we want to talk about a little bit later is we want to talk people off ledges, <laughs> yeah. you know, because it is still early. I mean, I think tonight was the eighth game of the season for the Rangers. What is the seventh, seventh. for the Islanders? Yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, there's still a long way to go. Um, let's not be making, you know, hasty judgments about certain guys that are off the slow starts and so on and so forth. Um, but, yeah, no, it was, it was a great game to watch. Um, and, and that's let's focus on that, you know. I mean, I think whatever – problems people may have had with the islanders to this point you know now you see what they can look like when things are humming and things are going well so let's let's uh, let's be happy about that well let's talk about what we saw out of the islanders tonight especially in comparison to uh that they had two losses in florida this weekend uh where they just consistently couldn't play uh, with the pace that they played with tonight uh, that Devils game was just uh, what? What's the word I'm looking for? An abomination. Good <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, and, and you know, Jean Gabriel Pajot, and uh, you know, he talked about the players were just connected tonight, and and Kyle Palmieri said they were able to get on the forecheck, especially after the first period. Uh, it, it was played at a good pace in the first period, but uh, the three, per natural stat trick, uh, the Rangers had seven high-danger opportunities or chances in the first period to the big goose egg for yeah. the Islanders, yeah. and, you know, everything was to the outside. It wasn't until the second period they started attacking the neck more, but they were connecting more the forecheck everything flowed together and they were able to play quickly um you know obviously this is the first time you've seen the islanders in person 
in the regular season. But what, what did you see out of them tonight? What did you like? And maybe what, what could they be doing better? Well, the thing I, I liked and, and who wouldn't is the goaltender. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was magnificent tonight. Uh, he made a, he made that one save on Kako. Uh, Kako kind of, you know, Kapo Kako kind of skates through everybody. Like, I think the entire Islanders team and, and gets in there. And I thought for sure that that was in, but it wasn't because Sorokin made a tremendous save. So, so that was a, you know, a tre- tremendous uh, job by him. And he kept them in when they needed him to keep them in. Um, and, and then, and then I, th- I thought they were just fast and, and physical and everything. I mean, there, there was a good, there was hitting. Uh, both teams were hitting, and uh, and it was just clean. You know, I mean, not a lot of scrums or anything. Maybe one or two, but nothing out of the ordinary. I just thought that this is this is the Islanders team that that you know we we, we expected. And, and Ilya Sorokin with forty one saves. It was the Islanders' first shutout of the season. And on that play you were talking about, to me, it looked like. Ilya reached back almost with his arm yeah. and, and sort of swiped the puck right before it went <laughs> over the goal line. How he did it, I was like, <laughs> I was looking at it, I'm like, that's a goal? Yeah. No, it's uh, not a goal. <laughs> so so I, I went up to Ilya after the game, and I was like, hey, buddy. <laughs> um, uh, did you get that with your arm? And he, Big grin, big smile, and he goes, I don't know. <laughs> it's like all he knew was that it didn't go over the goal line, and he was really happy about that. But you're right. Yeah, that's the kind of goaltending any team. Yeah, yeah. I, and but the, the thing is, like, we know he can do that, right? I mean, like, there's there's a handful of guys that can give you that on more than an occasional basis, and he's one of them. It's just Durkin with the Rangers is another. Uh, Markstrom in Calgary, probably, and you know, it's a handful of guys, but he's definitely one of them. And uh, you know, they needed him to be that level goalie in the first period, and he was, thankfully. And and you know, and and then the rest of the team caught up after that. Now the the Islanders started the second period with two penalty kills, and they added another one in the third period, and that brings them up to twenty five for twenty five. To start the regular season, that is it, that extends the Islanders' team record for consecutive penalty kills to start the season. Uh, to me, the, you know, I've, it, it always starts in net. And yeah. Ilya yeah. Sorokin made the saves when he yeah. had to, but they they did keep the Rangers a little bit to the outside. They were not the, the Rangers weren't able to set up for that deadly one timer. That where the goalie can't get side to right, side, right. you know. So you're you're cutting off the seam passes. You're you're sort of creating that umbrella around the crease, right? And so and and no, and, and no no tip opportunities for Chris Kreider either. I mean, you know, that's that's you know. So the 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 Rangers power play is really good right now. They've had a, a tough week. Yeah, you know they they ran into San Jose on Monday. San Jose had not given up a power play goal. I don't know if they've they've given up one since, but. They also had not given one up in the season, uh, and then and they snuffed the Rangers pretty good, and, and the Islanders snuffed them. Uh, they didn't score against Colorado either in between uh, or Columbus. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah, they've had a they've had a tough week. Uh, their their power play. Um, so, uh, but but they're good. So you know it's not easy when you say okay the Islanders power penalty kill went you know three for three again tonight. It's three for three against a good team that moves the puck very well, um, that has five you know five shooters on on it, um, and 
and it's it's pretty impressive is is where I'm going with. Right. Yeah. No. And, and to that point, I, I that's why I thought the Islanders' penalty kill was even more impressive yeah, tonight. Yeah. And I, when you look at the Islanders' penalty kill, they're not doing. You know, to me. They're solid. They're not doing spectacular stuff. Right. But they are, they're all selling out on the penalty kill to me. And, and I, it, there's, you know, a, a good penalty kill is always about communication. And I think one of the benefits of this strong core being together, and this, the Islanders start the season with. 21 players back from last year's roster. <laughs> That's a lot of guys, <laughs> yeah, man. Right, in, in, in a salary cap NHL yeah. world, 21 That's is... a lot of guys. Yeah, but they communicate really well with the, each other. They don't have to learn where each other is on the ice. And I, I think that's what you're seeing, uh, especially early in the season, while other teams are figuring out their power play. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and you know, it's the same thing. The Rangers have, uh, have, have said the same thing about their power play, which as I said, is in a drought right now, but it's very good. We know it to be good. It was good last year, and, it, and it'll be good. Uh, and they've basically swapped out, um, you know, Ryan Strom for Vincent Trocek. But other than that, the other four guys have been there for years, and, and they just seem to, to have chemistry, and they move the puck, and they know what they're doing. And they, as you say, they know where each other's going to be. So it works the same way on the penalty kill, too. You know, you, you got to know um, all four guys have to be – have to be in sync. If one guy's going to go, then the other three guys have to support, you know, and they can't just have one guy doing stuff and the other three guys are doing something else. So obviously when you have teams that are together for a long time and and, and have played with each other, um, you know, that's an advantage. And, and, and uh, you know, you could see that uh, clearly with the Islanders. All right, so goaltending, penalty killing, strong forecheck today, anything, anything else that you really see as sustainable or – you know, areas of concern maybe for the Islanders moving forward. Sustainable. Two yeah. goals by Palmieri. Yeah. Right? I mean, he came in, um, people were like, this guy stinks. Got no goals. <laughs> well, he got two tonight. So, you know, now it doesn't look so bad, right? He's got two in seven games. Yeah. That's, that's pretty decent. You know, he can, you know. Uh, so I, I think, you know, that's what I'm talking about. Like, uh, let's not be so quick to write people off. You know, I mean... It's like always used to say about baseball players. Whatever your numbers are on the back of that baseball card, that's what they're going to be at the end of the year. You know, Kyle Palmieri is probably like a 25-goal guy. I mean, he's not going to get you 50, not going to get you 40, but he's not going to get you 9 either. I mean, he's probably going to be somewhere in the 20s this year. Right, and 15 goals last season, and why... Bad year last year. Aberration. And why people are freaked out was because he he didn't score his first goal last year until his 13th game. And he had one goal, uh, I think it was through his 29th game of the season, and that just, and Zach Parisi, too, one right. goal in 33 games, right. and, you know, you're just bringing the whole crew back this season, and that's why I think there's a little, you know, just... So people should feel better now, because he's got two in seven games, so yeah. it's, it's not one in 29 or whatever. And speaking of first goals, Josh Bailey gets his first goal tonight um, of the season, and... This was Josh Bailey's 999th game tonight, and your son Ian was at UBS Arena tonight. Why? (laughs) (laughs) My son Ian, the Islander fan, uh, bought a ticket to this game because he wanted to see Josh Bailey play in his 1,000th career game. 
And he didn't get to see that. So, I mean, yes, Josh Bailey had a goal, which is nice. It's good for Josh Bailey. It's a little bittersweet, though. But, you know, I got to tell you that my, my son was really, really mad. Well, let's Not talk about... Not that he's a great Josh Bailey fan, necessarily, but it would have been cool. Well, you want to see history. It would have been cool. Yeah, and one of the things I said to Josh, you know, after the interviews were done after this game, was I, I said to him, you know... And we were talking, you know, he had a huge group of people here. And and just to backtrack, in case anyone missed this, (laughs) Lane Lambert made Josh Bailey a healthy scratch Saturday night in Tampa Bay. And that threw the whole schedule off. He was, it was, uh, it was almost storybook, right? Thousandth game, Rangers Islanders, longest tenured at home, longest tenured Islander, it's set up beautifully, but Lane Lambert makes him a healthy scratch for Nikita Shoshnikov, who, by the way, <laughs> his his turnover pretty much sealed the Islanders' fate at the you know the the Lightning score with I think it was zero point one seconds left in the second no period, way. and it was off a Nikita Shoshnikov turnover, which just highlighted why Josh Bailey probably should have played in that game. My supposition here is that Lane Lambert, it wasn't so much about Josh Bailey, who through that had zero points. And in fact, I believe his goal tonight was his first point of the season. So, it was but a nice goal. Too. It was a very nice, yeah, gets, gets to the right post, deflects Adam Pellick's uh, shot. But Lane Lambert did say, look, there are some people on this team who are being relied on to produce points, and they have to produce points. I, I still think... It was a little bit about Josh Bailey, but it was a lot about sending a message to other players as well that Lane Lambert is not afraid of scratching anyone. However, you know, how do we feel about... Josh Bailey has put in a lot of sweat (laughs) to this organization, and I, I really felt like he deserved tonight. Right. I mean, he told me he had a big group of people coming to this game and, you know, he's going to play his thousandth game and it's going to be Friday night down in Carolina. If he's in the lineup, he'll be in the lineup. He's scored. Okay, you know, (laughs) a lot can happen in 48 hours. We're expecting him to play his thousandth game. Do you you blame Lane Lambert? Yes. Okay. Yes, that's just a bogus move, man. Like, you know, I understand that there's message sending going on, and I understand that maybe the guy wasn't playing all that well, but this is just a crappy thing to do to a guy. I mean, a thousand games is a big deal in this league. He could have done it in front of the home fans against the Rangers. And you take that away from him? For what? To send what message and to whom? Yeah. Now, look, this is a rookie head coach. I'll, I'll, you know, okay. You get everybody makes mistakes, even veteran guys do, and he's a rookie, so all right. That's that's I don't know. I, that that's not a good one to make. Yeah, I I felt like if you really felt the need to scratch Josh Bailey, I, I know, you know, you need the two points, right? Coaches always feel, especially when your your boss is Lou Lamarillo, who has shown. A, he could have scratched somebody else. He could have, but look, Lou is not afraid of firing coaches. So Lane's uh, eight games, seven games into his career, but I, I, I got to figure he still feels pressure to not have an awful start, right? 
But, look, the guy he put in for Josh Bailey essentially cost him, you know, a, a chance at that game. So, but we, we've been over that. I agree with you completely. It, it was not the move to make. No. Josh Bailey deserved punishment fitting the crime. It was it was a severe punishment for the crime of not having a good. Yeah, Josh Bailey deserved a lot better from the organization. He deserved he deserved tonight. Um, but you know, and uh, Josh Bailey uh, is so well respected in that room, and I know there are Josh Bailey detractors scattered throughout Islanders universe, but I, I, I can tell you within the room that his teammates have the utmost respect for him, and uh, I, I just want to play you this. Uh, I, I was talking to Zach Parisi, who has also gotten to a thousand points, albeit with you know different organizations. Mm. Zach Parisi knows exactly what it means to, to play a thousand games in this in this league, and, and here's Zach Parisi talking about his respect and uh, his thoughts on Josh Bailey. It's been good to or great to get to know on a personal level because I've always, for the longest time, played against him. And I you know, know a lot of guys that know him and speak so highly of him, but um, as a player playing against him, you really respect him. Um, he, plays, he plays the game um, Un, really underrated, underrated, great passer, great player. Um, so I think I think he's meant so much to this organization, and to just to do it with one team that's so special. And it just it just doesn't happen often. So um, it's a, it's a, such a cool accomplishment for him. So Colin, did Ian still enjoy the game? <laughs> well, I haven't talked to him, but uh, I imagine he did. I mean, what could be wrong with beating? Beating the Rangers, you yeah. know, I mean, like that's uh, that's that's what you want. It's like winning two games. Yeah, like you win and the Rangers lose. You know, it's <laughs> like it's it's you know, it's that's how I used to feel when I was a fan of whatever team I was a fan. Of. Yeah, and and he got to see Josh Bailey score. And he got to see Josh Bailey score. And you know, he's 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 a fan, but he's a knowledgeable fan, and and he's a he's a he's a fan who's fair about certain things. I mean, he's not one of these knee jerk reaction type mm. people. And you know, whether he's a big fan of Josh Bailey's or not. He, he, he said to me, like, he feels like a lot of people uh, are down on Josh Bailey for, for unfair reasons. And, you know, and, and I talked to him about other people like, you know, Josh Bailey didn't draft himself. So if, if people are mad that Josh Bailey was drafted in a certain position and hasn't lived up to whatever that draft position was, that's not Josh Bailey's fault. He didn't draft himself. You know, all he's done is play for the Islanders, uh, you know, for all these many years since he's 18 years old. Uh, and represent the organization with class, and he's still here. He's still good enough to play, and he scored a goal in a, in a, in a nice win against the Rangers. So, you know, people, be good to Josh Bailey. Before we get off the uh, the Josh Bailey subject, I, I also uh, spoke to Anders Lee, uh, the Islanders' captain, and uh, mm -hmm. uh, him and Josh Bailey clearly go back a long, long time as teammates and uh you know you, you can almost hear these guys getting emotional when, when they talk about josh bailey so uh here's anders lee's thoughts on josh bailey his close friend and longtime teammate approaching 1000 games in the nhl it's really special i mean uh it's not a it's a extremely difficult feat to accomplish and um josh is a, a stand-up guy uh a, a true pro and one that's seen a lot of different things um, and battled through a lot of different things as well. And just for him to accomplish this with our team is, is really special. And I'm extremely proud for him and his family. And 
um, it's a huge honor. So I can't wait to celebrate that night with him. And um, I'm fortunate enough to be with him for quite a bit of those games. So uh, a lot of fond memories that we've had together and on the ice and off the ice. So uh, just a really cool, special moment that uh, I'm really excited for. So, Colin, we've uh, talked about this game. We've talked about Josh Bailey. After this game, the Islanders are at 3-4-0. and And we've got the Rangers at 3-3-2. Now, the Hall of Fame NFL coach Bill Parcells would always tell people, you are what your record says you are. But before you get to the 10-game mark in an NHL regular season, can you learn anything by just looking at a team's record? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I think you can. <clears throat> um, you know, Flyers are off to a good start, which I think you and I on our season preview didn't expect that to be the case. Uh, the Penguins are off to a good start, which, you know, is, is uh, <clears throat> you know, is, is something that we've been waiting for them, you know, to, to kind of fade and they haven't yet. And the Rangers are off to a middling start, and we expected better from them. Um, so yeah, no, they're not. They're not starting off very well. Now, you know, they're, you know, you got to watch the games, and they played a great game tonight and didn't win. Played a great game last night and lost in a shootout. <clears throat> so they're going in the right direction. Uh, it's not a cause for concern, but it is something you know to kind of you know keep an eye on, I suppose. And and you know the Islanders. Or at three and four, as you say, <clears throat> but that's again not a cause for concern. Just something to keep an eye on. You know, I, I think uh, I think a game like this against the Rangers, you know, where everybody played well, where you get two goals from Palmieri and you get the goaltending you get from Sorokin, you know, could be you know kind of, I don't want to say a turning point, but it could be something that gets everybody else going. Now the Islanders have an interesting <clears throat> choice coming up, and and. You know, all the gloom and doomers, and, you know, to be fair, I probably fed into it. <laughs> you the, the, gloom and doom? I'm a little, I can be a little, it depends on my mood. <laughs> <laughs> so the Islanders, they open the season with four games at home. They go 2-2-2-2-0, two, 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 two and oh, but that last game was that awful loss to the mm, Devils yeah. where, where they just, uh, they couldn't complete a pass. I, I'm not even talking about them being a half-step behind the Devils. They were a full two steps behind the Devils consistently. I, the, the Devils just skated them out of their own building. And you're thinking, ah, oh, it's an awful way to end a homestand. And now the Islanders are facing what, you know, you might call a daunting portion of their schedule. And that included the back-to-back in Florida this weekend, which was a loss at Tampa Bay a loss to the Panthers. And now they're 2-4, and four, and they're two games into this really grueling five-game stretch, which, by the way, includes this this uh, Rangers game. And then there's the Carolina Hurricanes, which, as you and I discussed, those were the two teams we pegged for the top of the Metro division. And then after you play the Hurricanes on a Friday night, you turn right around and you host the Stanley Cup champion Avalanche in this building on a Saturday night. The Islanders righted the ship a little bit, so they're they're now one two and zero oh in this stretch with with still the Hurricanes and Avalanche coming up, and it it could really break either way. Yeah. Right. 
but it's an interesting choice because you go to Carolina, you got Ilya Sorokin coming off the shutout. You know you're probably not playing Sorokin in both games, just like we didn't see Gerard Gallant come back with Igor Shosturkin uh, tonight. You, you have Yaroslav Halak, the, uh, the ex-Islanders. So Sorokin in Carolina, Varlamov against his former team, the Avalanche, you, you go Varley and Caroline, and, and why, you know, I, 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 I see you shaking your head. I sort of agree that maybe you go right back to Sorokin off after a, a performance like this and, and you, you save Varley for the Saturday, but there, there could be arguments made both ways. Yeah, you could sure make arguments both ways, and you know, I, don't, I don't know that, you know, like, I, look, I just feel like this guy played so great tonight. He made some saves where, like, he didn't even know where the puck was. <laughs> yeah. he, it was that one sequence, I mean, third period, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I was I was typing, and so I kind of looked up, and, you know, here's this guy flopping around. He has no idea where the puck was, and yet he's keeping it out of the net. Yeah. Um, so, no, I think coming off a game like this, a shutout, throw him right back in there, man. What, what are you waiting for? No, absolutely. Plus, is it a back-to-back? It's a back-to-back, yeah. Why would you have him playing behind a tired team? Yeah. Throw him out there, you know, in, in the front end with the rested team and have Varlamov play against Colorado, you know, his old team. I don't know how many of those guys he's, you know, he's friendly with, uh, but, you know, he'll be he'll be jacked up and ready to go against those guys. So, I mean, that's that's the way I would go and um, give your, you know, try and ride the hot hand as long as you can. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree completely. And it really does seem going forward that, Lane Lambert is going to rely on Ilya Sorokin to be uh, almost a quintessential number one goalie. I mean, Semyon Varlamov is going to get his games, you know, anywhere between 25, 35, somewhere in that. But I think Lane Lambert has already tipped his hand very early in the season that, you know, for those tough matchups and... If there's any doubt in his mind, you're going to Ilya Sorokin because uh, he can play out of his mind, uh, you know, and uh, he did at times tonight. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, and, and I think that's the right the right uh, decision. You know, Varlamov has done nothing, you know, as, as Gerard Gallant uh, likes to say in the Rangers, he's done nothing wrong. Right? Yeah. I mean, he hasn't uh, he hasn't played his way out of uh, a share of the of the number one job, but the other guy has just you know done what he's done, and he's he's kind of earned the right to be that number one, and and so I think you ride that guy. He's a younger guy, and uh, you know you you know what's at this point whatever is better for him is better for the team, and so if it's better for him to play more and and get into a rhythm. Uh, then, then let's do that. So I, I would give, I would look to give him. If I, you know, I, I would do the same thing. If I, if I were the coach, I would look to give uh, Sorokin the, you know, the, you know, the number one, number one goalie load. Now we we talked at the beginning. You you don't overemphasize the the records this early in, in the season. Just you know, teams are still figuring it out. Um, at what point uh, is it Thanksgiving when? When do you look at the schedule and, and, and say, you know what, this, this is no longer just a, a small sample size at the beginning of the season. This is what we are seeing. Uh, well, Thanksgiving is a, is a benchmark of sorts. Right? Sure. I mean, it's one of those things where teams that, teams that are in a playoff spot, you know, an American Thanksgiving, they say, um, 
tend to, to finish in a playoff spot more often than not. So that is that is one benchmark. I think, you know, when you're talking 10 games, when you're talking, you know, 10 or 15 games, I think, depending on how things are going. Um, but, you know, it's, it's also, it's not just the record. I think you have to, to see how they've gotten there, right? If you're winning games because your goalie's standing on his head and, you know, you're getting all kinds of lucky breaks, I don't know if you, you know, you, you, can, you can necessarily take, put too much stock in that. If you're playing NHL 500 or, or just a little bit above NHL 500, but you're in every game and, and you have chances to win and you're just not getting the breaks, you know, you stay with it a little longer because, you know, you assume that those breaks are going to fall your way eventually. So, I mean, I, I think it's, you know, it, it's not just, um, it's not just the record. It can't just be the record. It always has to be a combination of, you know, you are what your record says you are. But, you know, again, it always has to be a combination of what the record says and what the eye test shows. No, I, I wrote after the uh, back-to-back losses in Florida that, this was starting to look a lot like last season, and that was certainly not a good thing for the Islanders. For me, and and this game, this one game here was very encouraging to me, that that the Islanders can get engaged. But I still need to see that, I need to see this same performance Friday night against the the Hurricanes. I need to see that they can come back on a back-to-back there, there's been no consistency yet throughout this season. They've, they've played with enough pace in pockets. They played with enough pace tonight. Their games, the Devils game, parts of the uh, uh, the light. Look, the Lightning were awful on Saturday, and they still won. Yes. Uh, so I, I'm my jury. My jury, yeah, my jury of one person <laughs> is still out on these Islanders. I. I yeah. I, I, I at this point I, I had I had more confidence in the Islanders coming out of the preseason yeah. than I think I do right now. They can still change my mind if they start playing consistently, but uh, you know I, I I agree it's it's a lot of they could be in games because their goalie is that right. good. Well, I think that's and their penalty kill is that good. But if if, if they can't connect the dots as it were like they did tonight i i mean it, it's an obvious statement but they they it go it could go south and then we've talked about this season being a referendum on lou lamarillo after he fires barry trotz and brings back the same crew and then i think if it goes south you start asking a lot of questions about lou lamarillo's long-term you know viability running this franchise you're going to that already? We're no, no, I'm, I'm saying if it goes south. <laughs> I'm saying if my mind can be changed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought the whole point of this was, hey, don't overreact, people. And you're like going to, to yeah, the Lou. Uh, hey, I don't know. I'm, sa- I'm saying if we get to American Thanksgiving or if we get to Christmas and this team can't play well, consistently, yes. yeah, but, but. then it it's the wrong mix. We're not there yet. I yeah. think, I think, you know, this is like a beautiful seed in soil, and you water it, <laughs> and you hope it grows into a beautiful flower, 
and you can smell it, and you can enjoy it every day. But you know what? Sometimes you overwater it, you forget to water it, and the seed dies. And you don't know until you know. Yes, no, well, yeah, but that's, 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 that's life, and that's certainly sports. Um, that's why they play the games, as, as, yeah. as the cliche goes. Um, no, I, yeah, but I, I think I don't see, there's nothing that's happened yet that would make me change my thinking as on the Islanders, which, you know, and I think, you know, when... You know, and we, we, we both said we thought they were making the playoffs. Right. Right, and there's, I haven't seen anything that's that's made me change that. Like the Flyers got off to a fa- fast start. Okay, they do have John Tortorella. Right. Are they? Are they? Does that mean they're good? No, they still suck. <laughs> you know. But um, all right. So um, no, they're still they're still bad, and and they're still I still expect them to finish where I expected them to finish before the season started. Yes. All right. You know, it's eighty two games. Yeah, you got off to a good start. Can they maintain that? No, probably not. So then you look down at the relative strength of everybody's roster. And I still feel the way about the Islanders that I felt before the season started, which is I do believe that they're a playoff team. Anything could happen. You do have to play the games, and, yeah. and we'll see. But but as of right now, I, you know, I, I'd, I'd say that you're still okay. All right, we're still okay. Colin Stevenson, <laughs> stamp of approval. We're all okay. We're all okay. <laughs> One other uh, bit of news. Uh, coming out of Wednesday was uh, the Islanders did place former first-round pick Kiefer Bellows, uh, who was uh, selected 19th overall in 2016 and who re-signed this offseason as a restricted free agent for a one-year $1.2 million deal. Islanders place him on waivers, and obviously if he clears, he can then be reassigned for to AHL Bridgeport. By the time you hear this... We'll probably know the end game. Lane Lambert would not address it after the game today. He just said that's a Lou question. Lou is not available to ask that question to. My my immediate thought was that the Islanders were not comfortable traveling to Carolina with just six defensemen on their roster, probably bring up someone from Bridgeport for the game. They had to send someone to... Uh, to Bridgeport, Kiefer has been a healthy scratch since he was in the opening night lineup. Oliver Wallstrom came in in game two when he got healthy. I think that's what is going on. We'll, we'll, we'll see whether that is the case or not. Uh, Lane Lambert, again, when he's asked about Kiefer Bellows and his inability to crack the lineup. And again, Ross Johnson and Nikita Shoshnikov both got turns in the lineup and Kiefer Bellows was unable to, but uh, we'll see. I, 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 we'll see if Kiefer clears waivers. I think with everyone so cap strapped right now, probably no one's taking on a one point two million dollar healthy scratch. Uh, we'll see. We'll see about that. Um, but you know, if if this is Kiefer Bellows going down to Bridgeport, uh, you know, I I had said I thought he had a decent preseason. He really didn't get much of a look this season and that surprises me just a little bit um so colin we'll see each other again not in this building but november 8th at the garden looking forward to that that's That's election day by the way people go vote 
Is that election That's day? election day. Oh, I didn't think I was going to be in town. I just got an absentee ballot and sent that in. I voted I voted yesterday. Uh, I put mine in the mail yesterday. All so right. I'm done. All right. All, all y'all, get out there and vote. Yeah, rock the vote, people. Um, that was an MTV thing once. <laughs> <laughs> Martha Quinn, rock the vote. <laughs> anyway, that's it for episode 144 of Island Dice Newsday's New York Islanders podcast. I want to thank all of you for listening, and I really want to thank Colin for uh, staying late here at UBS Arena. Always great chatting with you. And uh, Colin, where can people find your stuff? My stuff is going to be published on the Newsday website. You can access that, newsday.com uh, slash sports. And, uh, you know, my Twitter stuff, Colin S. Newsday. Yeah, and, and it's, uh, it's a must-read if you want to read up on Ranger stuff and just NHL stuff in general. It's always good to find out what is going on around the league. It gives you a bigger picture. And uh, my name is Andrew Gross. You can find me on Twitter at agrossnewsday. And uh, that's newsday.com backslash aisles. And don't forget about Newsday TV. And until the next time we talk... Happy hockey, everybody. Happy hockey, everybody.